begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 28th, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, through chapter 19, verse 12. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So the king ordered that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the king and begged him, Oh, sir, be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then the king was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him what had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison until he had paid every penny. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart. After Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went southward to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Vast crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. Then why did Moses say a man could merely write an official letter of divorce and send her away? they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, a man who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, Then it is better not to marry. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made that way by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone who can accept this statement. 
I want to preach a message to you from my heart today, and I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, don't waste your angel. These are three things God has promised you. I'll hit them one by one. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. There are all three right there. The first one is God promises to protect his people. And specifically, he says, I will guard you along the way. I was interested in that phrase because a lot of times God is guarding you from things in your life that you don't even know you need to be guarded from. You got a giant assignment? That's good. The greater the assignment, the greater the assistance. So now I can look back on several phases of my life where God was protecting me with what I thought was a problem. God says, I'll protect you. And the second one, he says, I will bring you to the place. If guard you along the way is God's promise to protect, bring you to the place is his promise to position. And one thing I've really come to believe is that God is good at getting me where he wants me, when he wants me. Often God positions you according to a higher priority than your preference, and it's called his purpose. God's promises are not automatic. They're optional. Joy is optional. Peace is optional. You can have it, or you can leave it, but you have to take the step. Now God says, I've positioned you, I've protected you, I kept you alive, I brought you through it. The sea didn't sweep over you, the slave master didn't kill you with his whip. All I did was bring you out with the possession that you need to go into the place that I've prepared for you. Because it's not just the angels that God sends ahead of you that he uses to bless you. Those are wonderful. It's not just the yeses. Sometimes God uses the noes to lead you to a greater yes. He said, I'm going to leave some things. I'm going to leave some weaknesses in your life. Take it away. Now I'm going to work through it. No, I'm going to leave that weakness in your life. And your weakness is going to lead you to my strength. It's one thing to praise God for your protection, but it's another thing to praise him for your promise. Stop expecting for God's deliverance to be sudden. The greatest gift God can give you is gradual change.